This call is now being recorded. Hello, um, this is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, the resilient podcast out there, thank you very, very much for listening to mine. I'm here with an anonymous grocery store worker who is going to tell us about the quite disturbing, um, I guess, COVID-19 situation going on in her grocery store. Take it away. Hi, hello. Um, what in particular did you want to talk about first? Whatever you want to talk about first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. um, I guess uh, I'll start with that very first weekend that it really hit us. Okay. Um, back in March, when uh, schools everywhere were um, were canceled, basically uh, shut down, that very first weekend, it was a Thursday, and we had never been hit so overwhelmingly hard with customers. Uh, we didn't know what to do. Um, everybody we could call in, we called in. Um, my, uh, I was called in. I wasn't even supposed to work that day. But on that very first Thursday, um, Thursday, Friday, um, we made more money. than We made three times as much money as an entire Thanksgiving week. Um, just from people coming in, stocking up, knowing that, you know, schools are closed, uh, uh, restaurants are going to be closed, um, and it was, it was like nothing we'd ever had to deal with before. Um, and that was like really before um, even our store started to do any like cleaning or our care for COVID. Like it was unreal. When you say it was unreal, uh, when you say it was unreal, can you elaborate on that? The unreal feeling of all these people. <laughs> it was so many like um I work at a uh a little neighborhood grocery store. I don't uh, my store is not on a on a highway or a big intersection. Uh we're just in the middle of a whole bunch of neighborhoods. Um so like we're not we weren't, and it was a Thursday. It's never that busy on a Thursday, but people came in and our shelves were being wiped clean. And, like, this is before, you know, everybody's saying, where's the toilet paper? Uh, where's all the hand sanitizer? But um, it took us uh, it took us three days to um, decide that we needed to limit items or else we would be wiped out. Um, a few weeks after that, we stopped doing, um, we stopped doing coupons. Uh, we used to have very regular couponers that would come in two or three times a week. Uh, depending on what was on sale, and we would see them all the time. They were regulars. We talked to them. We knew their you know, lives. But as soon as we put down the no coupons rule, we stopped seeing any of them. So, which is you know whatever. But so much was being bought, and people were buying in such large amounts. We had to uh, make a rule of only two of any kind of item per customer. Do you remember, and, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Do you remember, uh, any kind of specific items that you, that your people had to be like, 
hey, you know, let's let's not let them walk out of here with all the beef, or let's not let them walk out of here with all the eggs or, or Clorox products or things like that. Oh, I have, I can make a whole list. Please do. Like um, uh, things that we had to limit, um, any paper products at all. That means uh, toilet paper, napkins, tissues, um, paper towels, um, even paper plates, plastic cups, plastic forks and knives. Um, we had to limit a lot of uh, all of our cleaning supplies. Uh, you know, Excuse me. Um, Go ahead. I don't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt again. I just, uh, you know, English is a funny language, and I have listeners all over the world. Um, so a napkin is different from a tampon in America. A napkin is a, what do you call that? Like a, 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 a paper pad. product that that you wipe. Like a, mm-hmm. a napkin is a paper product in America. When you say napkin, you're talking about a paper product that you wipe your hands or table with. And mm-hmm. in some parts of the world, a, a napkin is a, a tampon. So. Oh, that's that's not. Quite true. Okay. There's um, okay. a napkin. A napkin is technically um, a, a pad. So. Okay. So when we're talking about a shortage, when you say napkin, we're talking about napkins to wipe tables with and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Are we also like a, talking like, about like the little that like the little paper you know paper towels you use yeah. for like parties yeah. or on the table keep on the table that kind of thing. Okay. Are we also talking about feminine hygiene products as well? Or are um, we just... uh, actually no. We didn't see a whole lot of those fly off the shelves. Like um I mean there were those Yeah, there were those people who did stock up on um hygiene products. Um and we did see the occasional person come through buying you know, two or three boxes more of tampons or pads than they normally would. Um, but as far as that goes, I mean, I mean, you buy two bottles of shampoo and you're good for like three months, um, depending on who you are. And um, people who have periods, they don't really need um, that many tampons or pads. You can buy two boxes and be good for like two or three months, depending on who you are. So those kinds of things didn't really fly off the shelves, but cleaning supplies absolutely like uh any kind of any kind of disinfecting spray was gone any kind of uh, scrubber any kind of uh foaming soap liquid soap um people did start to buy like bar soap um but not so much more than normal that it was really something that i noticed um but we had to limit all of our paper products and all of our cleaning supplies, and those are the those are the two things that are still limited right now. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what about? Um, so at this point, we're still in early or early March. Yes. Is that correct? Um, now, well, let me ask well, you this. This was more later later March when we really started limiting every everything. Okay, let me ask you this, because this is fundamentally a history podcast. All right, so let me ask you, um, for point of reference, the NBA buttoned up on, and the the NBA, for those of you that don't know, because again, I have listeners all over the planet, is the National Basketball Association, which is the premier 
professional basketball league, I assume, in the world. I'm not really sure about that. Uh, but anyway, they were the league in North America that was like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna close up shop for, for the duration because of a pandemic. Uh, something called COVID-19. That's how a lot of people found out about it. And that's how I found out it was serious. So let's, what was the difference between, say, March 14th and before March 14th? Um, before March 14th, we did get um, the occasional person in who took it um, seriously from the start. Um, we have, like, even I, like, um, I thought it was silly that people wearing masks and gloves and covering up completely. Um, I knew it was serious as in, like, you know, it was something you could get and you could get seriously sick from, but I was still thinking it, thinking of it in terms of the swine flu, SARS, bird flu, you know, all those different um, H1N1, all those different things that I've lived through before. Um, but we had a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean, like, it was noticeable that we were having these people come in that immediately started wearing masks, started wearing gloves. And I didn't take it seriously personally until schools were closed that weekend. That very first what weekend. weekend we, I'm sorry. What weekend are we talking about for the um, it, for the purposes of the Internet? What weekend are we talking about? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I'd have to look at a calendar. But it was um, it was the Thursday before – I believe it was the Thursday before St. Patrick's Day, the seventeenth. Yeah, my my own recollection. My own recollection is that once the NBA commissioner, um, actually, I was eating out with a buddy of mine on March fourteenth, and we were eating out, and both of our phones were on the table because you know it's twenty twenty, and mm-hmm. uh, both of our phones were on the table, and both of our phones beeped at the same time, saying that. The NBA had closed up. And I remember there was like this, almost like a gasp in the little restaurant that we were sitting in. I remember that very seriously. That's crazy. I'm not into into sports at all, so I forget um, just how much um, sports are ingrained in our culture. But, like, I can definitely see something like that happen for sure. Well, I can tell you as a as a fan of not necessarily basketball, but say hockey and other stuff. I mean, I can tell you that when the when the commissioner of a major sports league says, "Hey, uh, we're we're pausing our multi gazillion dollar business uh, for the time being," thanks. <laughs> I, I can tell you that would certainly change the temperature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I got you. You know. That. And and my uh, yeah. Go oh, go ahead. So this so St. Patrick's Day was you were talking about St. Patrick's Day. It was it was that weekend before because I I believe St. Patrick's Day was on a Monday this year, but um but um my I go to St. Patrick's Day every year uh, to visit a friend who lives in Savannah, and um, I had to cancel this year just simply because I couldn't afford it. Um, but I was glad that I didn't go because the parade was canceled, all the bars were closed, um, everything, 
it was, it was that weekend everything completely stopped and that was how surprised I was and that something that that's when I realized that COVID was something very serious. That and like, I couldn't even buy like even, you know, basic necessities from myself in my house. Like just the things we were limiting was almost everything that very first month. It was beef, it was chicken, it was um eggs and milk i couldn't even get a single gallon of milk i'd go over there and it'd be absolutely nothing not even the little tiny milks not even half gallons not even like the specialty soy milk like everything was gone all of the eggs were wiped out you'd see i have a picture of our paper aisle the entire shelf looked like it had just been set up um with nothing on it like um like we weren't even a, a grocery store there was just there is nothing down that aisle, not even you like even damaged items that normally wouldn't be bought or they'd be the last things on the shelf. They were all gone. Nothing was there. Um, we had to limit. We had to limit cheese. We had to limit um, pasta. We had to limit rice. We had to limit um, uh, like the uh, hamburger helpers, um, you know, like little uh, dinner kits. We had to limit everything, anything that we had in bulk. Uh, we limited and um, we still went through sales uh, like our, our company still you know was putting out sale prices and that none of that really stopped but um, even sale items even if it was uh, buy two get one free we still only allowed people to buy two and we just we just gave them you know the the price that it would be if they had gotten one free we would just, you know, override the system for those kinds of things, but we still limited even sale items. Okay, let me let me uh, change the subject a little slight bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you first start hearing about uh, employee X having COVID or whatever? Like, when did it become? When did you become aware of COVID coming to the staff in the store? First of all, it was um, the very first case um, was an undiagnosed case. Um, one of our customer service reps um, was home very, very sick for a couple of weeks. Uh, he couldn't come in. Um, but when he came back, like that was um, that was late March when he got sick. Um Actually, no, I'm sorry, scratch that. That was in February. Sorry, the second case was uh, late March, early April. So back in early February, he had gotten sick, stayed home for a couple weeks, and then came back. And undiagnosed, didn't know what it was or what he had. Um, And then when COVID got real serious and everybody learned what everything was, he's like, "I I think what I had was COVID. And then early, end of March, early April, the second case happened. And even this case, I only know just because cashiers talk. Um, but um, it was very hush-hush. Uh, we weren't even, we technically, we weren't supposed to talk about it to each other. Um, and we definitely were not allowed to talk about it to customers. Um, the employee was sent home. And, um, I mean, she told people what she had, 
But, I mean, that's her prerogative. But we weren't allowed to talk about it with other employees. We weren't allowed to talk about it with customers if they asked. Um, if, a, if a customer, you know, would come through and say, so have you had any cases here at, um, at this grocery store? Uh, we'd have to say, oh, uh, you know, oh, oh, we don't know, or just tell them no, or um, we're doing everything we can to make sure we don't. But we weren't allowed to say yes or no that we that confirmed um, cases. Now, we weren't. We weren't punished if we did, but it was very discouraged uh, to do so. And then that was the first case. The second case happened um, about three weeks later, and that second case uh, knocked out our entire um, customer service leadership staff. Like um, one one of our uh, customer service managers got um, got COVID. And because he came into contact with all the other managers, with the uh, other people he was working with, all of them were sent home for the 14-day uh, incubation period to make sure they didn't have it as well. Okay. Can you – That was That was – if you want a time frame, that was at the beginning of May. Okay. Let me ask you this. How many people would you say come in your store? Oh, um, I actually don't know. I have, I don't really have the metrics for that, but as far as people who go up to the service counter, um, we'll have one or two people at the, at the customer service counter constantly. Like, um, we'll have maybe 20 minutes at the most in between customers at the, at the, at the service counter. And that's on a good day. Um, but on real busy days, we'll be constantly helping people at the, at the counter. And like, as far as like, as a cashier, the longest I've ever waited for a customer is usually in the morning. I've waited an hour uh, without any customers. Um, but that's, that's in the morning when no one's there, um, but on a regular, but when it comes to lunchtime or in the afternoon, I won't have to wait more than five minutes for a customer to come through my line, if that okay, gives you any so, indication of how many people come so, through. So, I mean, you would say it's more than a couple hundred people a day. Yes. I mean, that would be a, a fair statement. Uh, okay. So, all right. So I mean that's that's a lot of people to be interacting with a customer service person, mm-hmm. and um, okay. So let's. You had said earlier to me you had said how many cases of COVID you'd heard about in your store, just from the employees or whatever. Yeah. Would you want to? Would you care to tell the internet how many cases of COVID you you've heard about? Um, one, two, one guy got it twice. Um, that's something that we found out in recent months, um, in the, that's something I found out in the news that it could happen. And he actually did get it twice, um, at our store. The one manager that did get COVID, um, causing all the other managers to have to go home. Um, he uh, specifically did get COVID twice. He got it then, and then again three months later. Um, 
but I believe, I don't think the cases in our store was more than six. Um, a lot of people have been taking their health a lot more seriously, so we'd have a lot of people call out when they have a simple cold. Um, so that's something that we have been having to deal with. We've hired a few more, we've hired a lot more uh, people to fill in gaps everywhere. Um, so we've had a lot of call outs just for simple colds and stuff, but I don't think as far as actual confirmed COVID cases, we haven't had more than six or seven, I believe. Okay, how many, other than the two cases that were undiagnosed, how many cases have you had that were undiagnosed that you think there that people think maybe this person had COVID-19 um it's just one or two I believe because most people wouldn't call out for that long of a time period um just because of how our um our scheduling and our um call out penalties go at in our company um, too many call outs and you get uh, written up, that kind of thing. Then um, if you're full time, you only get so many sick days. So not many people would actually call out for that amount of time unless they were very, very sick with COVID-19. Um, and if you did believe believe we you got COVID-19, our company would pay for a test. Um, and, uh, our company did make, uh, did rule that you were paid during your 14 days, um, if you were mandated to stay at home, uh, with a, uh, positive test. So, there's that. But, altogether, no more than, again, no more than like seven. Okay. But, but still yeah. seven. It's still seven people out of uh out of a store that employs maybe uh maybe a hundred total. Yeah. Well now let me throw this statistic out there that I've read and heard a lot about. And actually you can go hear it on my podcast. Uh one COVID positive person uh infects ten people. Okay. Mhm. So and you think about I mean, there's probably people at your grocery store that have another job. You know, there's probably people at your grocery store that might live with compromised people or whatever, like mm -hmm. pre-existing condition folks. So there's that. Um, could I get you to talk about, I guess, like the demographics of the customer base in your store a little bit and, like, how are they reacting to the mask, no mask situation? Have oh you had gosh. any customer conflicts, anything like that? Yes. Um, we've had, um, going back to the limiting, uh, item limiting thing, we've had tons of customers complain to us out. I've been cussed out just because I said, I'm sorry, you can only buy, you know, two mega packs of toilet paper. You can't buy any more than that. Um, but, um, for, uh, big families of regulars, we would kind of, uh, we kind of like muddy that rule for them because we know their family, they have a big family, they need that much. But as far as like the, the, um, the six foot 
just there's we have six foot distancing. We put one way arrows in the aisles, um, and we mandated masks. And but the mask mandate didn't happen until June. Late June is when the mask mandate actually happened. And um, as far as employees, we were told to wear masks um, back in May. Um, so we've been wearing masks. I myself even made uh, like, you know, 60 homemade masks just to hand out to people before our company could manufacture um, our uh, grocery store brand masks that we were mandated to wear after that. Um, but, but because our company is so, um, customer focused, we do have a mask mandate that you have to wear a mask to come in the store, but we're not allowed to force you to wear a mask and we can't offer you one, um, and we can't even say anything to you unless another customer complains that you're not wearing a mask. Does that make sense? Like, do you understand what I'm saying as far as that goes? Yeah, that, so makes, like, that makes sense, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but what I'm saying makes sense. But Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense <laughs> that you're saying it. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. that it's that it's a thing. Happening. But um, um, but me, a customer, but, but me as a as an employee, like I have to keep six feet. I have to try my best to keep six feet from um all of my other um coworkers. We have to try our best to keep six feet from all these customers. But the the customers that generally won't wear a mask are they're generally um they're typically white um they're typically uh you can all you can tell by the way they dress they're very southern um and you can tell like the way they dress and the way they talk and you can t- like it's a it's a differing age range but it's generally middle-aged people middle-aged southern white people that won't wear the masks and will complain about it all the time. Now, let me ask you this, because I'm on the phone with lots and lots and lots of people about their experience with COVID. And the story that I hear a lot is, you know, I thought it was a hoax until my insert person here got COVID or whatever. Do you see a lot of that where people kind of or anti-mask oh, until they're pro-mask? <laughs> absolutely, for sure. There was a ton of that. There was back when everything first started and when um, employees were allowed to wear masks. At at first, employees weren't even allowed to wear masks. Like um, we'd have customers come in and when masks were – this is back in March and early April when masks were being recommend, recommended, but employees weren't allowed to wear masks because – it inhibits your interaction with the customer. So we weren't even allowed to wear masks for a while. Um, but when we were allowed to actually start wearing them, uh, one, I remember one customer in particular, you know, talking to me. And he's like, 
He's like, I don't even know uh, why everybody's so freaked out about this. This isn't that serious. I don't even know. And he says to me, I don't even know anybody at all who's had COVID. He's like, do you? Do any of your friends have COVID? And he says, you're what, like 25? And I'm like, no, I'm 30. But he's like, what, any of your friends have ever had COVID? Y'all are young and healthy. And I was like, sir, I know five people all my age that have had COVID already. And that actually made him stop talking. And he thought about that for a little bit. And I was like, I can tell you five people right now that have had COVID. Let's drill down on that, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. If they wouldn't, how 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 is their, I guess, battle experience, however you want to say it, with COVID nineteen? Um, most of the people, um, most of the people I know, um, they get when they get it, they it's basically a very very bad flu. Um, one of them is still very weak. Um, and isn't as fast as, um, as he used to be. And, you know, he's my age. He's only like 30 something. Um, this is the guy that got COVID, that we think got COVID back in February. And he doesn't have any sense of smell. He said he didn't have much of it to begin with, but now he can't smell anything. And he still, uh, says that he still has trouble getting up in the morning and he's not as fast and he's, he gets tired a lot easier now. Now, since that's happened, um, everybody else generally has a varying recovery period. Um, a few people will come back to work and then uh, call out for a few days afterwards um, because they were just so tired. Um, you can see it in their faces that they're having a really hard time uh, coming into work. Like, this isn't like. The way they explained it is it felt like having a very, very bad flu. But when you get the flu, your recovery time after that is fairly fast. Um, With COVID, it seems that you get this really terrible flu, but the recovery period from this flu can take months for some people just to even get back to what they think is somewhat normal. Um. But the the symptoms they had varied. Like um, everybody did say they had um, a major headache, um, uh, nausea, a little bit of vomiting. Um, Everybody said they were weak. Um, Some people had um, diarrhea. Some didn't. Um, Some people had an appetite to eat, and some didn't. Some didn't. but there's just so much that we don't know specifically about this about this, and the recovery time after is just so long. I just I can't imagine having to get it myself. I mean, there was a there was a medical expert that that told me that the problem or one of the main problems with COVID is that nobody's grandma died of this in 1990, so like nobody knows how it's going to go over mm-hmm. the course of a year or two years or five or, or whatever. Okay. So I've, I've talked about our mask mandate and how employees weren't allowed to wear masks until May. And then uh, we weren't even allowed to wear gloves um, until that point too. And then uh, then we were mandated 
to wear masks um, later. We were mandated to wear masks in late May, early June, and then customers were mandated to wear masks in July, very beginning of July, like right at the beginning of July. Um, as far as other preventative measures, we didn't really start cleaning or doing much of anything until the week, until a couple weeks after um, March 14th. Um, but we started disinfecting everything regularly. Um, it used to be that cashiers didn't really have to clean up until the end of the night, depending on who you were. I mean, I would clean up anyway. It's just rude to give your register over to another cashier and it's not clean. But we wouldn't, like, we would do a deep clean um, once or twice a week, um, and we just wipe down our registers at the end of the day. But when we started mandating um, a couple weeks later, after March 14th, we had to clean our registers every single time we left. Um, we had to clean our registers as often as possible in between customers. Um, we got those, we got plexiglass shields um, in the in April, but I mean they didn't do. I don't think they do much of any good. They're only like um, two feet across, and they don't cover um, the whole register or. I think they're nonsense, but I guess the company gave them to us just to say, oh, hey, you have plexiglass shields now. Um, but starting in uh, late April, we actually started to um, have somebody at the store specifically just for cleaning, like a bagger or an extra cashier whose job it was that day to do nothing but clean. And by nothing but clean, I mean clean everything that you could that you could possibly touch in the store i've done it a couple times and it's i put in my um headphones and it was a pretty um it's a pretty chill job but i i mean everything like anything that customers would touch breathe on sneeze at um we would have to disinfect and i know that there are 157 handles in our freezer section because I've done this job, but any, like, all the phones, all the counters, all of the um, handles for any kind of, uh, any kind of fridge or cooler or what have you, all the door handles, um, we would also have somebody specifically just cleaning carts and just cleaning, um, just cleaning uh, baskets. Like, as soon as, um, like, as soon as somebody uh, left the store, we would have somebody we would call a cart shark who would just run out and grab it. And they'd they'd pull it and they'd grab, you know, every buggy they could get. Um, and they'd pull all the buggies in. And as soon as somebody left the buggy, we'd pull it in and we'd clean it before any other customer touched it. Um, we stopped doing that about a month ago. But we're still doing the regular cleaning, um, the regular cleaning of all the handles and all touch points uh, still. And we always have um, one or two people a day that would do that. No, I'm sorry. You said you've 
stopped cleaning the buggies? Why did you stop cleaning the buggies? Um, I don't know, actually. Um, maybe it was taking up too much payroll because we had to assign specific people to do it. Like, if you were cleaning buggies, that's all you would do. Um, uh, if, if you're not from the South, a buggy is a shopping cart. Sorry. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> actually, um, last month, I had more people in New Zealand listen to this podcast than any other state except the state I live in, which is Georgia, which is amazing. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't even know anybody in New Zealand. That's that's insane. All right. Well, um, uh, folks, <laughs> folks from New Zealand, <laughs> if you come over to good old Georgia, our shopping carts are called buggies. Hey, um, good job. <laughs> good job. But um, I don't know why we stopped doing it because it is extra payroll. And you have to sign specific people to do it which takes people away from – which takes baggers away uh, from doing their job, and it takes cashiers away from doing theirs. Um, but um, just because we didn't – I guess we didn't have the manpower, but I was never given a real explanation to why we stopped. Um, yeah. I'm still surprised we stopped at all. Um, but I don't oh. work in – um, but I don't work in customer service anymore. I've actually transferred into our bakery in the last month. So oh, wow. You used to work in customer service, huh? Wow. Oh, I was a cashier specifically. They were yeah. training me for customer service, but I transferred into the bakery because it allowed me more hours. But That's good for you. You might actually live, you might actually live longer because you're working <laughs> yeah. in the bakery. Oh, Compared to the... Compared to the ten or fifteen people that I would I would interact with, compared to the ten or fifteen employees I would interact with every day as a cashier in the bakery, there's only three of us. So See, I am glad for that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and I'm not in, and I'm not interacting with you know all the customers that come in. The most I'll do is I'll help a customer maybe three or four times a day when they're like, hey, can you slice this bread or where do you have these cookies? And um, that's the most. That's it. And I'm so glad I'm in the yeah. bakery now. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of um, – I guess there's a lot of, um, I guess, like uh, internet shoppers or what do you, what do you call that? Um, oh, there's um, – you know our store um our store supports uh two specific um online shoppers we support uh instacart and we support shipped those are two different companies uh, excuse me those are two different companies that will uh, shop for our customers we don't um our store doesn't do um online buy online pick up at store we don't do pick up we only do online shopping uh gosh uh there's a specific term for them uh, I know, and I can't personal, think of it. Personal I, shopper. Right. So personal you shopper. I, I guess there's a lot of those now, or there are. I, um, we, I mean, we had them before, but um, before COVID happened, they started getting really popular back in back around um, last September, October. I started seeing more of them. 
and I definitely started seeing more of them around last Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, but they absolutely just exploded with business as soon as COVID um, happened. Um, and I'd see I'd see the same shopper, you know, maybe five times a day um, at my store, and um, so it's just it's really hard to limit those. Um, when it comes to like limiting items, it's really hard to limit something that the customer at home has technically already put money down for. So if it's a personal shopper, I can't just be like, I'm sorry, I can't sell you, you know, three of these things. And the, the personal shopper would say, oh, but my customer requested, you know, three or four of these. Um, it's on my list. I have to get it because it's my job. So right. that was very hard. And that was that was a big headache that we had to deal with. But um, I think Shipped and Instacart started to limit things people could request on their um on their online sites which helped us a lot um but we would have we would have like um we would have instacart shoppers um be there from like i would see them at seven and um they would they would keep shopping until the store closed yeah yeah mm -hmm. my brother-in-law works uh produce and he says, like at his store, he says, like you'll see a lot of, of personal, whatever you call them, and mm -hmm. they'll come back multiple times a day, and and like this and that. Um, <clears throat> so I guess like uh, put your crystal ball hat on. Um, okay. Now, how do you see this at your store? How do you see this with the virus playing out? You know, given the fact that they say it's going to be years before we get some kind of a vaccine or something, like. Hmm. Um, I definitely see myself um, wearing, being mandated to wear a mask for the foreseeable future. I'll probably be wearing this mask for um, until next summer, at least, I believe, until um, I definitely see myself wearing a mask at work until flu season's over this year, at least, at the very least. So I know that customers will stop wearing masks over time. Um, I can see I can see them wearing masks more in the colder months. That's interesting um, that you're saying – I'm sorry. That's interesting mm -hmm. that you're saying they wear masks less over time and not – more. Yes. Huh. When we first had the mandate, a lot of people complained, but I've been seeing more and more people without masks. Oh, wow. Um, the more I go out, the fewer masks I see. Um, I think the – I believe that the number will go up again. People will start wearing masks more when it gets colder and flu season's here because then we'll have the flu and COVID to deal with. I um, wonder how many – I wonder how many people, honestly, in just around, you know, northwest Georgia, right? I wonder mm -hmm. how many folks actually think, like you were saying, well, if it feels like the flu, it is the flu. 
you know, it's, I don't know. It's a lot. Um, people have talked to me as when I was a cashier. People talked about it all the time, and we'd have you know people saying it's a hoax. Uh, people saying that it's a uh, um, it's a conspiracy from China to kill American people, um, which is you know nuts to me. Um, yeah. The- my favorite one of those is the it's 5G, and you, you go on you go on YouTube and you look at these phone reviewers, right? You go on YouTube and you look at these phone reviewers, right? And mm-hmm. like the 5G doesn't even work when they go six feet to the left. Like they're on the same road even, and they're just moved six feet over, and it's like the 5G quit, and you're just like, okay. And y'all think this is spreading COVID. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's in sure. the airwaves. It's the microwaves in the air. I don't know. Um, well, I do know a guy that he actually caught diabetes from COVID. Yeah. Like COVID, I, yeah, COVID like picked out his. So COVID plays picking organ, right? Or it can. And it picked out his pancreas. So, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. anyway. Gosh, I'm no, I know, like, a, I know a specific. I have a specific example to go along with that. I just oh good. I can't remember what it is though. Like I've talked about this before, but my mind is drawing a blank. I have a specific example of that, but I just can't remember what it is. Well, but through the I'm magic, gonna... through the magic of editing, we can keep talking, and it'll jar, and I'll just throw in an edit. <laughs> Come in. Um, but I guess we can come back to that. Um my store, actually, uh, <laughs> my store actually changed its hours for a while. Oh, like, okay. Um, I learned something the other day. I don't know if you know this. Uh I learned something from this other woman. Uh when a store magically changes its hours, that means somebody in the store, like some person in the store caught COVID. And they have to come in and clean clean the thing at night, clean the store at night. That's what um, she that was saying. Is, yes. Um, part of that is true because we did start having uh, professional companies come in and start cleaning um, every time we had a confirmed um, – every time we had a confirmed uh, case, we did have professional cleaners come in and sanitize things. Um, but that was put into – our hours were put into place around the same time we had our first confirmed case and we kept those hours until just a few weeks ago when we went, when we went back to full time um we went from our store is open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, normally when it first happened we went from we changed our hours and this was um and this was company wide it wasn't just our store so I don't believe it just has something to do with cleaning crews, um, but it was our company. It was a company-wide change, and we changed from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., um, which was honestly a dream for a while for me as a cashier. Um, we went back to 7 p.m. Uh, sorry, sorry. We went back to 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, a few. And back in June, and then we went to 9 p.m. Um, about a, in July, 
and then we went back to 10 p.m. just a few weeks ago, opening up completely. So, no. but I believe um, I believe the reason for the for the time change um, is specifically to get things on the shelves. Like um, as soon as the store closed, our entire grocery staff, produce staff, anybody could help. We're pulling truckloads and stuff, just the stuff in the back that we haven't been able to get to, um, and just get it on the shelf. Um, we did, we just couldn't keep up during the day. We would pull things like milk and toilet paper and stuff out of the back, and people would take them out of our hands as um, as those as our back doors opened. Like as we were pushing the cart of toilet paper over to the aisles, people would take the toilet paper out of those boxes as we <laughs> walked by with the cart. We would have people we... camping in the yeah, we'd have people I'm camping sorry. in the aisles for things. That reminds me. Tell me the story. The tell the internet the story because you already told me uh, in our pre-call. But tell the internet the story about. So you get people, and like there'll be like almost like a scout. Like you'll get somebody who's almost like a scout, and they'll oh, be texting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell that story. Yes. Okay. So we're a neighborhood. We're a neighborhood store, so that means that everybody who comes in knows everybody. Everybody's got a friend some, you know, somewhere. Um, we have regulars that come in almost every day sometimes. Um, we would, during all of the big shortages, we would have people that would just walk in and they would ask, hey, do you have toilet paper here? And depending on our answer, um, they would go outside and they'd text all their friends and then about 30 minutes, you know, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, our store would be packed and then all of our toilet paper would be gone. They would be texting everybody, just trying to find out where and, you know, which store had items that people needed. We were, we've wiped out of our toilet paper this way. We've wiped out of our cleaning supplies this way. Uh, we've wiped out of our, our bread or eggs or milk this way. Um, for a long time, our company was short on beef and chicken specifically, and we'd wipe out of our beef this way. How do you mean, like, um, like how long is a long time, basically? Um, at one point, a long time, you know, a long time for us is only a few days, uh, maybe a week at the most. We wouldn't have a we wouldn't have beef. Uh, maybe for a week we wouldn't have chicken or, but it, it feels like we're out of it for a week, but what would really happen is that we'd get in a very small amount of it. And then as soon as we opened, it would be gone. So it seemed to customers that came in in the afternoons that we were just out of everything for weeks on end because people were coming in as soon as the store opened. We'd have people waiting um, in lines outside the store. Um, there was one customer that, okay, when when employees come in um, before the store opens, um, the doors are closed, but employees can kind of force the automatic doors open. And then they would, we have a doorbell that we ring, 
and somebody comes over and then unlocks the inner automatic door. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, that's how that I. Makes, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. So that's how I would get in every morning. That's how I get in every morning uh, working in the bakery because I have to come in an hour or two hours before the store opens sometimes. Um, but we would have a customer, and so, uh, when I was a cashier, I would come in at seven, direct you know, right on seven, right when the store opened because cashiers aren't needed before then. But at one point, um, we had a customer come in right behind me and another cashier. Like, we would be there about 10 minutes early. So we would open, you know, push open the doors. And as soon as we pushed open the doors, the customer forced himself in with us before we even officially opened up the store and unlocked all the doors. I'm curious now, when was that? Like, what time of year? Do you you know? Uh, Everything is so blended together, but that feels like a um, an early May, late April kind of thing. And was the I mean was the whole world? It was um it was definitely in April. Okay, right. So I guess that was during the the quarantine, which in a lot of people's minds. That's when the pandemic was, was during the quarantine, and now we're not having mm-hmm. the quarantine anymore, so there's no pandemic. Right. <laughs> but, all right. Hey, can we take a break real quick? Can I call you back? Now, where were we? Um, we just talked about... Um, a man forcing himself into the store before we opened. Aha. Now, let me ask you, because uh, some people might, again, I have a very international audience. Uh, so, is that normal? No. To have a man? Okay, that's not normal. What is, okay. Every, Take I your mean, mind. Every, right. every once in a while. Uh, every once in a while, we'll get um, we'll get you know a dad or a mom or somebody late for work, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm I need I really need this item. Is it okay if I come in, you know, a few minutes early?" We'll get people that this is you know once in a blue moon. Every few months, we'll get somebody. Can I please just get in there real quick uh, because I got to go to work or I got to you know get my kid to school or got I got something important to do? And we'll generally we'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." Um, you can come in and, and grab your thing and go. Like that, that kind of thing is is fine. Like if you come up and ask and and go about your day, then that's that's okay. But again, we'll have something like that happen maybe once every three or four months, just a couple times a year that'll happen. But in but in COVID, just somebody coming in right behind you. Um, just forcing himself through those doors, not even saying a word to you just to get into the store. Um, that's not normal. Like that was kind of scary. We didn't know who this person was. Um, we'll have, uh, vendors from different brands come in, you know, with like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola or different breads and stuff come in and set up their things. But this man, he didn't have a, a shirt, you know, a logo on. He didn't have any product. He wasn't a vendor we recognized. He was just a dude that forced himself in to the store, you know, 15 minutes before we opened because he saw employees go in 
Um, after that, a few other people did try doing that. Um, and because our policy is so customer-focused, we can't outright stop people from doing that. Um, for a little yeah. while, we had um, – for a little while, we had senior shopping hours, uh, senior citizen shopping hours, and we had paramedic and first responder uh, shopping hours. The senior citizen shopping hours were the first hour of the day. So we this is when we started opening back up at 7. Um, they would come in and during the first hour when everything is guaranteed clean, um, and they'd come in and shop. But we weren't allowed to stop anybody. Um, the reason being because we don't know who, we don't know who is immunocompromised and who's here for the shopping, for the senior shopping hours because they would also get sick just as easily as these seniors. But we would have regulars that we know have nothing wrong with them that would just come in with the old people and the sick people and just buy stuff. Um, even though they know specifically this hour is not for them. Um, and it was just. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me because I've talked to people from all over the country. And it's amazing to me that some of these people are still essentially on lockdown, essentially. Um, <laughs> my know, husband. Like, yeah, my husband and I passed through North Georgia uh, this past weekend, and okay. it was, um, like, up in the small towns up there, it's like nothing was even different. Everybody was outside walking. Restaurants were open for seating. Um, stores were open. Um, only a handful of people were still wearing masks. Everywhere we had to go. Uh, we wore masks and we kept our distance, but everybody else was just laughing and, you know, uh, hugging on each other and, you know, talking to everybody like nothing was going on in the rest of the world. And we, we just, we couldn't believe it. Like, um, right. like he, we still take it very seriously, but in these small towns up in North Georgia, and I'm sure in South Georgia too, but nobody yeah. seems to think it's, it's a, it's an issue. Like we went up there, there were people having, um, you know, bachelorette and bachelor parties. Like I saw, I, mean, I saw a soon to be bride and her party just <laughs> bar hopping. Right. And he was, I mean, so this guy I was talking to yesterday, uh, he, um, he makes me want to ask a question of my people that come on from now on, uh, to talk about this, which is this. Uh, okay, essentially, I'm going to ask several different questions. Mm -hmm. Um, essentially, like, okay, let's start with this. How do you consume news? Like, how do you consume news that you consume? Number one. Um, definitely not Facebook. Um, okay. I, right, uh, right. I do have a... Yeah, I do have a Facebook profile, but I'm I'm not on it because I can't listen to half of what my family says. Um, right. But my husband is very political. Um, his uh, he's got uh, degrees in in politics, and that's what and that's what that's what he's interested in. 
So we yeah. try to actually keep up with everything. Um, I basically keep up because he keeps up. And I don't want to sound like, oh, I keep, I do everything, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, my husband does everything for me. It's just, he's more into it than I am. <laughs> That's all it is. I, I, I get it. Like, you live with somebody, I get it. Like, you live with somebody, and therefore, you know, like, yeah, because you live I'm, with this person, <laughs> you have to, through osmosis, at least be aware of what they're into, sort of, kind of. Yes. Um, um, I do have a couple different social media outlets that I'm on. Um, well, the the reason I'm asking, and here's why I'm mm-hmm. asking, and this is why I want to drill down to news specifically. Okay. Because All I right. have this theory, and I want to see if you can help me. I want to see if you, okay. So basically, like, what news, when I say news, I mean, like, I don't mean, like, your your friend has a baby or whatever. Like, you, you know, there's there's a guy down the road selling jelly or whatever. Like, I mean, like, uh, you mean like, uh, Fox, you know, like Fox News, MSNBC, or, CNN, uh, that kind or, of thing. Or even like, you know, cause I don't watch broadcast news. I don't watch television broadcast news at all. Mm-hmm. But like, so I read a lot of paper. I, I read a lot of what you might call a paper, but I read it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I read, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, or like, anytime. Okay, so to answer your question, um, we don't watch a lot of the broadcast news like you said. Uh, we'll watch um, uh, segments and excerpts uh, that come out on uh, YouTube or the uh, broadcast news website uh, when they come out to keep okay. up if we hear about something. Um, we will. Okay. Uh, we also listen so, to. We also listen so to like sick. regular TV shows. So segments and expert so segments and excerpts of what specifically? Okay, the things that we try to keep up with are COVID and uh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, all right. So let me ask you this, um, and the reason why I'm asking I'm asking this is because here's what I think is happening in our society. I think we have decided, we, the human we, have decided that we are going to curate, we are going to be our own news directors, right? And mm-hmm. I can remember when that wasn't when that wasn't an option. Okay, so what I think is happening is that these people up in the mountains either they don't have access to the high speed internet or they they do, but they you know what. It's like you, yeah. you 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 get to pick what you keep up with. So if I'm keeping mm-hmm. up with, like, there's a lady I follow on Twitter who's a who's a nurse, and she talks all the time about what goes down in her hospital, as far as like with COVID and diseases and whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's doc, you know people like that. Um, but if you're not keeping up with that, like, what do you? I, mean? I, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but there was something, there was a specific thing about COVID-19 that I learned specifically because I was on Twitter at the right exact second and saw this dude thread and clicked on it and figured out, oh, he would know what he was talking about. Let me keep up with this dude. <laughs> I believe, you know? I, I think it's the same thing. In our, in our day and age of uh, uh, streaming, uh, TV, and a lot of people, uh, my age, um, and younger don't even have cable. Um, we don't have cable here. 
So what people are watching is they're watching Netflix or they're on YouTube or they're following news through their social media outlets. And what's happening is those social media outlets have algorithms that only show them what they're interested in. They're only showing them what their family is posting. They're only showing them what their what their friends are posting or what things that they're regularly interested in. So because maybe these uh, tons of people are aren't very political, they're not interested in the political landscape or any kind of news, so they're not getting the news because they're not looking for the news. So their algorithm doesn't give them any news. I want to ask you one more grocery question because I've been dying to ask people this. Okay. What do you think Thanksgiving's going to be like? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you okay. Um. Oh boy. Well, for one, I'm glad I'm not going to be a cashier anymore. Um. I personally don't think we're ever ever going to make as much money like we did in March ever again. That was our peak. We're never going to make that much money in a weekend again. Um, I believe that Thanksgivings might be smaller, um, that people would be more, people would be less likely to travel to go see family. Um, I, for one, am debating on whether or not I want to do anything for Thanksgiving this year. Um, maybe not even Christmas. Um depending on how our flu season shakes out either. Um, maybe this is the first year that I'll have Thanksgiving with just me and my husband. Um, but I believe that everybody might have smaller Thanksgivings, um, which could translate into individuals coming in to get Thanksgiving items um, instead of uh, families coming in because for Thanksgiving, I'd see a lot of families shop together. Um, you know, moms and daughters, husbands and wives. Um, we'd have, oh, we'd constantly have like, um, husbands and sons and kids come in for those last minute items. But I think Thanksgivings would be a little more planned out so we wouldn't have those last minute sales. And I think that yeah, I think Thanksgivings for a lot of families will be smaller. People won't get together as much, um, which could translate into more shoppers because everybody has to shop for themselves. Oh, um, I remember my example. Oh, please. Okay, let's back all the way up and even tell me what you were talking about before. Um, one of the people that I know that uh, caught COVID had to uh, change her um had to change her whole diet because um she now has um she now has a, a couple allergies that she's trying to figure out like she's trying to work with her doctor something she's eating is giving her um an allergic reaction and they're still currently trying to figure out what that is and this is a problem that she never had uh before covid like something she's eating is causing her to get hives and something she's eating is causing her to have uh, diarrhea and vomiting and getting hives and um, no matter what she takes out of her diet, they can't figure out what it is. <laughs> they don't know. Um, they've tried bread. They've tried shellfish. They've tried uh, dairy products, um, uh, nitrates, um, but it's it's an ongoing process and it's probably an allergy she probably won't figure out for a bit. 
or it could just be that um, it's not an allergy at all. Maybe she's having, maybe she's allergic to something she's wearing. Maybe she's allergic to something that she uses every day and just doesn't realize. But it is um, something that she is dealing with, but she never had this allergy until COVID. Well, COVID also, like, it changes. um, So, all right. So COVID-19 is a disease of the central nervous system and of the respiratory tract mm-hmm. and a couple other things that I'm not thinking of right this minute. But the difference is, is it, it uh, basically it's contagious through the air, which is terrifying. Um, and also, you can also get it from human waste. Like, so you can get it from uh, from, like, semen and from uh, fecal matter, so what you'd call BM or mm-hmm. urine. Um, I believe And it, it does, it does uh, permanent damage, they think, in some people in, uh, with their nerves. I know that. Like, I read that in lots of places. Um, like, it does, for some folks, it does permanent damage to their nerves. Um, it can cause blood clots which can lead to amputations and even brain damage, which is weird. Uh, I talked to one woman who her area or her circle of friends was hit hard by COVID, very hard. Um, but the upshot for your coworker is that there's all sorts of knock-on effects. That they're literally like you cut on your phone and learn a new knock-on effect from the day before. So. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But. I, um, I read uh, an account of somebody who had it. I read an account of somebody who had it back in April, and they still can't get over a chronic fatigue. Like, just, like, just, yeah. they just simply I mean, can't get through the day like they normally could. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean,. Uh, but I, I really hope these people are right. I really hope that it's just a minor, you know, there's not too many people. Because one person I talked to, and I can't remember, I honestly right now can't remember if this is a pre-call or, or a regular call or like a podcast. But uh, one person I talked to said that the scary thing to them about COVID is that people have covid and they're not like they're not leaving work because they they can't. They can't afford to. I don't. <laughs> they can't. If if my company didn't if my company didn't put a policy in place to pay people that had COVID, I would fear for my life. Like two weeks out of work for me could mean um, could mean uh, not eating. It could mean uh, late on my rent, late on my car payment. And if I'm late on one payment, then I'm late the next month because I'm trying to play catch-up, and then it just snowballs into, you know, delinquency, snowballs into um, evictions, and, like, just one, yeah, just two weeks of work could do damage that I'm still feeling in December. I mean, like, yeah, I mean... I, but I can't, I honestly can't remember if this was a pre-call or if this was a podcast that I've already recorded. 
but somebody brought that up to me and I was like, Oh, I do remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be an upcoming podcast for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, this guy was like, told me that. And I was like, Oh my God. But all right. Um, stay careful. We'll do. And <laughs> wear a mask. Please God. <laughs> Even if you have to put a Trump sticker on on it, please wear a mask. I've seen that. No, I've seen that for real. Uh, I don't care. At this point, I mean, <laughs> I've studied, uh, I've read enough about this, and I've read enough about the Spanish flu that, because here's here's the analogy, and I say this a lot, right? So the Spanish flu, they did they did a study. The government, the U.S. government in the 50s, in the 1950s, a study came back, and the study showed that antibodies for the Spanish flu had been in our in Americans' bloodstream from 1900 to about 1927. All right, now that is not what we would think of as this was when the Spanish flu happened. Okay, mm-hmm. so in the analogy, if they're going to say, well, this is like the Spanish flu, okay. I hope to God it's like 1920, it's like 1918 and not, say, 1900, all right? I hope Mm -hmm. to God (laughs) that it's 1918 because under the classical knowledge of the Spanish flu, 1918 was the the normal year, like the, the high year of the Spanish flu. We now think that wasn't the case, or those of us who've been studying this think that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that, you know, if this is, say, 1900 <laughs> in the analogy, oh, boy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean. Well, in any case, um, in any case, I'm still going to wear my mask everywhere I go. I'm going to drink lots of water, uh, try to eat healthy, and not go to restaurants or the movie theater. Yeah, I and that's to me, I mean, look, I, I you can find things on my podcast where I say the businesses need to close down. I don't think that anymore, okay? Cuz I understand this is going to take years and years and years. I really do. But I I, I honest to God, I wonder how we're going to get how we're going to bring restaurants into the world, into the new, into the new world, basically. <laughs> well, I don't know. We do have DoorDash and all these different, um, all these different businesses and applications, you know, doing delivery. So a lot of businesses are yeah. staying alive just because of that. My brother right. got Chick delivered the other day, and I argued with him, argued with him about how much he paid for that Chick Fil A, but. Well, you know, it's like a, well, here's what I, and you can tell your brother this. Here's what I say. My yelling at people about what this costs and what that costs in COVID directly relates to one person telling me about all these people that she knew that were missing body parts from COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, and technically they're still alive. So they don't count as the death total. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my! 
And she also knew people that had brain damage from COVID. I believe it. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, everybody. Uh, believe it or not, I'm having a pretty good day, and I hope you are too. And hang on the phone for a second. I'm going to unhook the recording. All right. Hang on. Okay. This is my podcast, Anonymous Grocery Worker number two. Thank you very much for listening to it. The thing I would say is that I honestly think that we're very much a divided society. And I worry greatly, to be honest with you, about what that's going to do for us. And I honestly think that basically it doesn't serve us at all to be this divided. And I seriously hope that we can get over this division and we can get back to, or maybe not in some cases get back, but forge a new unity, essentially. And hopefully this pandemic will eventually help us do that. But I don't know. Anyway, like I said, I'm having a good day and I hope you are too. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye now.